Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. What a fantastic episode we have for you today. I just chatted with Rick Warner. Rick was a drug addict and was homeless um, at 20 years old, living in a shed, was um, getting drunk and high every day, basically, and just had no no future, was obviously uh, down and out. He also We also talk about some adversity, some real adversity faced in, in 2009 with regard to financial hardships he and his family went through and um, some humility there and re reinventing himself in some ways professionally. But uh, man, he is an absolute pleasure to talk to. Super inspiring, super upbeat. The guy is living his best life right now. Um, you know, it, it just, he's got money, freedom, time, freedom. He's traveling the world. He's, he has run multiple marathons. He's a real estate agent who doesn't work 40 hours a week. He's a business coach, mainly because he just wants to give back and, you know, add real value to the entrepreneur out there. Um, we talk a lot about mindset, uh, mental health, self-awareness and personal growth, overcoming adversity. It's, it's just, this is, this is a great one. So you definitely do not want to miss this episode. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm pumped today to have with us Rick Warner. Rick is a real estate agent and a the co-founder of Flow Academy. Um, Rick, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I am doing well, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am very excited. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. You and I were 
chatting beforehand and and uh we just had to hit record because we were getting into too much good stuff so (laughs) that's right that's right need need the listener to to hear this stuff so so rick i touched on it briefly but tell the listener who you are today and what you're up to today so who i am today is uh 20 years in the real estate business and having enjoyed some success um that's like what i do but who i am is all about trying to find people i can help and that's more in my coaching business uh where we focus right now on real estate people, but we're actually opening it up to just kind of overall coaching, mainly for small businesses. Um, and uh, I have uh, four kids, my ranging from 34 years old down to 16. Um, wow. I'm in this yeah. really great relationship. We get to travel a lot. I have... I actually have become kind of the guy that I used to hate. I like to tell some people like, Interesting. I have this really great semi-normal but amazing life um, with a lot of flexibility and uh, a lot of financial freedom. So it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I know, I know it wasn't always that way, um, but that's, that's interesting. It's, it's, I'm curious to to dive into that later as far as, you know, is that your own, was that your own projecting before and when you hated that guy that you right you now are totally um, exactly so when i say okay. the guy you used to hate what i mean is the guy that i used to hate at the very least yeah, yeah maybe yeah, everybody yeah. else admired the guy but i'm the guy <laughs> i didn't even yeah well we can get into it it was yeah it was, there was a no. lot of stuff about who i used to be um yeah that was not amazing well, i know um i know you've been through some some stuff for sure a couple of key pieces uh, or uh, examples or, of adversity that we touched on before we hit record but um talk to us let's dive into your backstory rick where do you want to start um yeah i know uh at, at 20 years old you uh were at a real low point so maybe we should start there sure yeah and i and i would like to say too just from i mean when i heard the name of your podcast i'm like that is where <laughs> that's where i belong because <laughs> <laughs> adversity has been um not only at the center of my life but i would say at the center of my success in other words mm. um every time that i was facing something really really challenging and there's been multiple yeah. of those we'll talk about a couple of the main ones today that when they happen i'm like this is terrible this isn't right this is this can't be good you know all that mm-hmm. um and having you know overcome those adversities Mm-hmm. the version of me that came out the other side was so much bigger, right? And mm-hmm. so much more capable and all the things that I don't look, and we're, this is where we started earlier, where it's like, I don't look at those things as something that uh, were bad. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were experiences that were difficult, but they led me to much, much bigger things. So mm-hmm. um, awesome. going back to what you were talking about. So when I was 20 years old, Yep. Even though I was brought up in a great family, you know, my dad was a pastor. My mom was a school teacher. We're, you know, kind of lower middle class. We didn't have a ton of money, but mm-hmm. lots of love in the family, all the things. Somehow mm-hmm. I ended up at the age of 20 years old being uh, the father father of a one-year-old boy from a high school relationship, um, uh, being addicted to drugs and alcohol and living in a tool shed behind the driving range where I worked. And, uh, and really there was a point in there, if you'd asked me how things were going, I just said, pretty good. You know, <laughs> this is, this is the world I've created my, for myself because, um, you know, I started living this weird world, this weird kind of alter reality of what was important. And what was important to me at that time was getting loaded, period. That hmm. was it. That was my so, sole purpose. Everything I did was 
how do I get loaded or recover from being loaded so I can get loaded again? Mm. And um, and I thought that was totally okay. Like mm. I, I like it better. In fact, I felt bad for people who didn't know what it was like <laughs> to get loaded or be loaded all the time. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. So in some sense, you were you're uh, living in the moment, taking it day by day. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Say exactly. Yeah, I remember people saying that. I'm like, I totally live for the moment, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so you know, you know, we don't have to dive in too much on, on why you got there, how, you know, yeah. but, but why do you, were you, were you covering up for, for pain from, you know, the past? Yeah. I'm not trying to overanalyze things here or, no. or, you know, but why do you think it was that you, you said you have a, had a loving uh, household, you know, growing up? Why do you think you, you kind of ended up living in the tool shed addicted to, to drugs? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. One I don't know the answer to. I mean, I can tell you that um, certainly there's things as I've gone through my life where I've discovered about myself that are sure. you know that are raw spots that are things that that tend to put me into some kind of survival role where I'll behave in a way that isn't maybe my highest self. I like to call it. Sure. Um, and so all those things exist. But at the end of the day, I couldn't deal with life on life's terms, whatever that meant. Mm. And my solution to dealing with life on life's terms was mm -hmm. that if I got loaded, I didn't have to feel it. So really, mm -hmm. I just wanted to be anesthetized. I didn't want any feelings, good or mm -hmm. bad, right? I see. Um, I wanted everything to be just blotto. Um, and yeah. so uh, yeah. I remember thinking regularly, if I could just be loaded all the time, I really mm -hmm. believe that. Um, and can you imagine what kind of limiting existence that was for me? And obviously, who am I showing up for for everybody else? I mean, I can't sure. even imagine how useless I was, but that's really what happened. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I don't, and we, you know, it's funny because the people that ended up, so what, what ended up just really quick, what ended up happening was I had this one night where for all of a sudden I could see myself for who I really was, what was really mm -hmm. going on my life for, you know, not the crazy, like, this is great. You guys should, you should come join me too. Yeah. What happened, bro? And you're not going to make it. And how did you end up this way? And you have a, mm -hmm. you have a son and you, you know, you don't even, you're not showing up for him. You're barely around, you know, hmm. all the things. And mm -hmm. is this, what's, what's his life going to be like, you know? Sure. So, so, so what I led had you that, to that, that point, if you don't mind me, was it? Well, just, what, what led me to that point was being up for three days without any sleep, having too many things in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and then gotcha. uh, my heart was kind of pounding out of my chest. I thought I'd OD'd. I was mm. super paranoid. So I was like mm. looking out the louver blinds, looking for mm. the cops coming or the the mafia. Like I had all kinds of crazy things, you know, helicopters flying over. Like it was, mm. it was not good. Sure. And that it was around that very same time when I'm like, and I also knew that I had had similar experiences before and that I was going to wake up the next day and not have any memory of how horrible that, ex that experience was. And I was going to do it again. Mm. And I was I like, this is going to be my life, you know, until I'm dead. Um, sure. And so the next day I was lucky enough to go get help. Um, mm. That was November 18th, 1989. And the people that I met there at this place where I could get help, mm. um, they changed my life. What they offered, mm. who they were, or what they did, it changed my life. And mm. um, and so, you know, so there's your adver adversity. And then... Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know. So how did... So what, what were the next... Uh, you know, I guess what tools did those people give you um, to start to turn your life around? Yeah. So 
um, first of all, they gave me some camaraderie around. They had been where I was and they were no mm -hmm. longer there. So I really, they had some kind of legitimacy. And that's sure. where I think, that's why I think your program is so good. What makes your program great is people are talking about their own challenges and struggles. And that yeah. makes other people go, oh, good. Okay. I'm not the only one that's Absolutely. feeling this way. Or here's a guy that had that feeling and now he's not there anymore. So that's right. that is built into that, um, the, yeah. that program. So they, they've, they've got credibility because they've been there. They've got credibility instantaneously. No, you know, okay. it's not a cop. It's not my mom. It's not my girlfriend. It's not, right. you know, the authorities telling me it's not a psychologist. It's not anybody telling me you should get better. Sure. It's these people going, hey, I've, I've been right where you are and I'm no longer there. And it's really great. Come with us. Right. Yeah. So you can see it's a proof of concept. You can see what success looks like from, from exactly. someone who's actually done it. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. There was an instant attraction for me to who these people were. Sure. And that was really important because the things they were going to ask me to do in terms mm -hmm. of you know, self-development were not going to yeah. be things that made sense or that I really wanted to do. Sure? And, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I needed to have that connection. And the same, again, same thing with anything. If somebody's going to be asking you to do something, you really, it's better if they've done it themselves, right? Where, um, yeah. and that you're really attracted to them. So that was my experience. They asked me to do some things from a personal development standpoint through a 12-step program. Mm -hmm. So that's like taking an inventory of yourself, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's like really looking at where your shortcomings are, making amends for things that you've already done. And sure. all of that was to create a relationship with a power greater than myself. And I know it's not mm -hmm. a religious program. I'm not religious, yeah. but I'm definitely a spiritual guy. Sure. So all of that led me to some kind of spiritual, um, yeah. you know, understanding spirit in the universe, call it God, whatever you want. That yeah. I could rely on unconditionally. Sure. And so that that whole thing that I just described is has been the foundation for everything else for me. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and you know, whether it's through a 12-step program or not, we've had a similar theme from through, you know, through the show with a lot of different guests as far as not the same exact story you you have, but the same kind of principles where and similar journey where they they have to get introspective and work on themselves. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't stay there. It doesn't stop there. You already talked about, right. you know, looking upward or to to God or, you know, to spiritual you know, uh, something bigger than yourself and looking toward others. And I imagine the rest of your story is largely focused on others. And so um, I think there's just kind of a natural kind of progression there and, and evolution, if you will, to, you know, during that transformation that I think kind of everyone goes through who's gone from adversity to abundance. So, you know, walk us through kind of the next, you know, say five years, you know, after that rock bottom period, the 12 weeks, then, then what happens? Yeah. So the, so the the next five years was really, really just immersed in that whole thing. Like I was not, gotcha. I had jobs, I did whatever, uh, but really, really, it was just focused on that work. And actually I would say the next 12 years was actually mm. that for me. Now it doesn't okay. have to be that for everybody. That's just sure. how it worked out for me. It became yeah. a lifestyle, became what I was immersed in, but somewhere in there, um, you know, I got married, I, I uh, started having kids and then it's like, okay, Hey, you got to make a living. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so somewhere in there that, that, that came into play where I really needed to focus more on, you know, being an adult. I, I don't want that. That doesn't sound right, but yeah, uh, I mean, there's I need to focus more right? on, yeah, I couldn't just live in that world. Right. I needed sure. to be out in the world and be a contributing member of society and, and, yeah. uh, create, you know, find out how to make a living and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, and I think life has seasons, right? It's not just, totally. I mean, yeah. you know, you might volunteer at a church for, for 10 years right, or something and exactly. that, that's great, 
and that's fantastic and, you, and people should do that but yes, at some yeah. point maybe that's not what you should be doing anymore so right or um, at least it's not your entire identity right yeah exactly exactly so now your identity shifts to being more of a family man you've got kids right. you're like oh i need to make some money so right. um so professionally then what did you what did your focus look like well it was so i was a financial advisor for a while um yeah so i did that for maybe 5 years got got held up in the dot com bomb Mm. And it was that that industry, if there's any financial advisors listening, Series 7 guys, like it was right when the the whole industry was going from um, commission-based to fee-based. And mm-hmm. they didn't really, look, at the end of the day, I didn't do what it took to succeed in that mm-hmm. business. I, I give you a whole bunch of other reasons, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I didn't do what needed to be yeah. hap- needed to happen. Sure. Um, and gotcha. so I kind of fell into real estate, which I think like 95% of the people that are in real estate, they basically end up there, right? Rarely yeah. do I come across people like, I went to college and uh, when I was going to grow up, yeah. I was going to be a realtor. You know what I mean? No, no um, my, my, father, my father's still a realtor. He's been a, an agent for, I don't know, many decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was very successful with it and did did yeah. a good job. And and but, it, you know, he went to some good colleges and, 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 uh, you know, did not plan to be an agent. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I was lucky. Uh, it was 2004 when I got licensed. So almost 20 years ago, the real estate market was crazy. Um, sure. yep. And, yep. you know, I had some immediate success and I was like, okay, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know? And yep. uh, it was, it was just good enough for me to buy a million dollar house back when a million dollar house was actually like a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm kind of, I'm like, okay, I've arrived, you know, and then 2000, September of 2008 happens. Um, and you know, for, for those listeners who don't know if you were in real estate, if you owned real estate, if you had any attachment to real estate, it was brutal. It was a really brutal time for everybody. But if you were, if you owned real estate and you were in the real estate business, it was even worse. And so all your eggs were in the real estate basket. Yeah, all the eggs. That's right. Yeah. And so our million dollar house was worth like 650 grand, um, which made up basically our entire down payment that we had put up. Mm-hmm. And on September of 2009, which is my 40th birthday, I had planned to go to um, uh, Las Vegas with my now 21 year old son. Right. And uh, it was going to be great. And we'd been planning it for, you know, like a year. Hey, when I turn, you know, it'll be great. I'll be 40. <laughs> you'll be 21. It'll be. And here mm-hmm. we are. And not only can I not go to Las Vegas, I can't pay yeah. my mortgage. And wow. all of my lines of credit are burned up or have been withdrawn from the bank. My yeah. credit cards are maxed out. And because the business had started to go down, I'm behind in my taxes. Like I've got yeah. it all barreling down on me. Wow. And the only solution seems to be sell the house uh but the you, problem is that if we sell yeah. the house we lose everything we, like we lock in that loss right sure. and then i start going well okay where can i make and i think my nut at the time was like 10 grand a month where can i make 10 grand a month nowhere i couldn't i it was just wasn't yeah. i couldn't i didn't have the skills i didn't have the resume i had nothing sure. that lined me up and i certainly couldn't go to my parents because if they were like, you spend ten thousand dollars a month, they <laughs> right. would have just right. they would have disowned me as their kid, yeah. right? But I mean, but and just to you know, did did you make some mistakes? Sure, but for those maybe the younger listeners out there who who, you know, it's easy to pile on and say, well, yeah, I wouldn't get into that situation. Of course, I wouldn't. Yeah. They were you were not the only one in that situation either. I mean, the, yeah. like yeah. you said, the whole world kind of crashed, especially the real estate world, which is what you were you were in 
you yeah. know, in many ways. So, um, you know, maybe you should have done some things differently. This isn't me judging. I'm just saying, yeah, looking back, it's easy to say, well, I shouldn't have taken, I shouldn't have bought that house. I shouldn't have relied on these commission checks to assume they would go, you know, stay consistent going forward. But at the same time, no, nobody saw that coming. I mean, you know, they were handing out loans to anyone who would, who could fog a mirror. I could tell I you mean, stories <laughs> of loans that you would not believe, but, but I think yeah. the point though, is, you know, kind of taking it, keeping it online with your podcast Yeah, one way or the other, whether you're facing adversity by your own hand or by circumstances or a combination of both, which it usually yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Certainly I had a part and I was responsible for those circumstances. And sure. yes, it's also true that there was an economic crisis, a big, the biggest meltdown the country had seen since the great depression. And so that yeah. mattered as well, but oh, but none of that, but none of that really mattered because it, I was in the circumstance. Yes, I exactly. To deal with it, right? You, you got to deal with real life and the, and the situation you're in, and regardless right. of what caused this, how did I get here? You know, that's fine to look at and talk about, but but that's where you are. You know, that's, that's where you are. And so, you know, and I think that the reason I want to highlight that is if you're listening yeah. and if you're an entrepreneur, you're having some adversity, whether it's in a relationship or in business yeah. or financially, whatever it is. Don't spend too much time on it's not fair, it shouldn't have happened, or the reasons. Like, what's to me way more important is to figure out, well, what are you going to do about it? Right. Absolutely. Um, what um, is the next right thing to do? You can do recon work later when you look back and go, wow, yeah, man, I should have, you know. But at the end of the day, right now, it's like, what is the next right thing to do? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, it's not going to serve your family for you to sit around the house wallowing for six months, trying to figure out what, how you got here. Uh, right. you, exactly. you know, that there's, there's a time for that, but the next thing is, you know, like you said, the right next step, what, what, what is that? What was that for you? What did you, yeah. What did you so the next, so the next right thing for me was, well, the first, first of all, I just want to say that you can imagine I'm sitting there with all of that piled up and for, you know, days or weeks, I really don't remember how long I would, I would be on my couch at night my wife next to me we had three little kids and then i had my older one and it was like an elephant sitting on my chest mm -hmm. and i just and i didn't really i'm like who do i even go to with this you mm -hmm. know what i mean so i felt mm -hmm. super alone and mm -hmm. super overwhelmed and all that mm -hmm. and and the answer was there was no other business that could get me out of it and mm -hmm. the, and that there was no person that i could go to that was going to get me out of it the entire mm -hmm. thing was up to me and for me i was already in the right business I, to be better at what I already knew how to do. Mm, okay. And so I sought out a coaching program through the company that I worked for. It was 800 bucks. It was an eight week, one, one whole day of, hmm. or how do I say it? And then every Monday for eight weeks for eight hours Got it. Um, was this class. And I was like, I didn't have 800 bucks. And I'm like, hmm, sure. I even called around to the country because it was a national program. I call people who had taken it. And I'm like, Hey, is this thing for real? Because worth it? I cannot yeah. waste $800. Sure. And you know, whatever that is, 64 hours of time. And yeah. this one woman, I remember her name was Sarah. She goes, Rick, just do it. And going back to the whole thing of, you know, the experience of others, I had talked with her. I liked her. She sounded like she knew what she was talking about. I believed her sure. and then I took the action. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that eight week program made all the difference in the world. I really had to accept the idea that I, I had not done anything amazing to become a great realtor. I had, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say I've gotten lucky, but I 
You know, mm-hmm. I kind of have just getting by on, you know, some yeah. charm and, you know, whatever, but not sure. actual hard work and getting in there and, and doing lead generation. Yeah, I mean, the, it, and, and now like uh, there are a lot of real estate investors who have done really well in the last 10, 15 years. And and some of that is genius on their part and, and just very, you know, expertise. But some of that is riding the wave of, of uh, you know, the economy. So like you said, both things are true. I mean, I'm sure you deserve some of the success and earned a lot of the success that you had had, but, but a lot of that maybe was right place at the right time. And then here you are and you, but it sounds like you had never really invested in yourself to right. get better at your craft. You just, yeah, you, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I just thought, well, you just, because, you know, a lot of times, and I would imagine if you're an entrepreneur, there's, there's probably a little bit of that, like I'm on an Island out here. Oh there's yeah. Nobody, for sure. Who do I go to? How do I learn what's next and all that? And I was absolutely what in my early, well, I just turned 40. So I was in my forties, my early, late, late thirties when I got okay. into the business. Yeah. And um, yeah. So having somebody say, do this. Now here's the other part. Like I remember the very first class, one of their things was we want you to call people and we want you to say this. And it was a script. And I'm like, well, I don't do scripts. And not only did they want us to, to do that, but we were going to yeah. do it right there. There was 200 people in this room and we were doing it right there with everybody around. I'm like, right. no, no, I need to have a private room. And I need to think right. about every call for 15 minutes before right. I make it. You know, I had all these things and I had to learn how to be uncomfortable or I need to learn how to be comfortable outside of my comfort zone. Right. Mm-hmm. We've heard that a thousand times. I had Absolutely. never heard it at that point. Sure. And so being willing to, you know, push the envelope of what I now call my working edges. These, okay. the working edges are those places where you, um, you know, that it, it frightens you. It, 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 it's, uh, it, you, you see emotional pain on the other side of it. Mm. And because of that, you go, well, I'm not going to go do that, whatever that is. Sure. And the more I can lean into those emotional, you know, working edges, there's hmm. some big rewards on the other side of that if I can get through that, right? Hmm. And that's really good about yeah. mental health and all that. And yeah, so, absolutely, uh, so the, that, that's really good because it's not you're not. I mean, looking back, you're not you weren't throwing caution to the wind and and then reinventing yourself in an entirely new industry, and you know you're still leaning on your the skills you already had and the experience right. you had, yeah. but you're pushing the envelope of what you're comfortable with, and and you were willing to be humble and and take the advice and do what you didn't want to do. I mean, so that's yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Um that, and you're right. you're definitely you're definitely right about just entrepreneurs in general. You know, I am one. It's very easy to to not be connected, you know, to other people and you know, it, it it's very easy to just kind of do your thing and and feel like you are on, on an island and entrepreneurship can can be a pretty lonely place if you're not careful, if you're not intentional about plugging yourself into a mastermind or coaching program or some other, whether it's paid or not, some other, some community of like-minded individuals. And so that's right. um, I do think that's critical for. Yeah. Me- mentorship is another way to look at it too, right? Yeah. Having a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So, okay. You were doing this on, on Mondays. Actually, let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you ever, and I know you're an entirely different life situation, you know, 20 years after your, your shed, you know, homeless yeah. um, situation. But, By the way, it was almost exactly 20 years right? Okay. from the shed to the, I can't pay my mortgage okay. within two months of 20 years. But yeah. Was there ever, I mean, was there ever any inclination to ever kind of go back and not into a shed or anything, but I'm saying, oh, like, but just to get drunk or yeah, loaded get drunk or, or high. Drunk. Exactly. And escape yeah, the yeah. whole thing at that point. Yeah. So no, great question. Not at all. 
Okay. Um, I was very fortunate in that moment. Now I will tell you that a few years later, um, ironically or whatever with, with having gotten out of that, mm-hmm. that there was that, that, that moment did happen. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a moment, unfortunately, it lasted for two and a half years. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk about that too, but gotcha. let me just, let me just yeah, connect yeah. the dots. Yeah. So I go to that program. I do the things they tell me to do. And I start having success directly as a result of that, just like when That's I awesome. went to the 12 step program and I had direct results. So it was like very, it's like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> the more I yeah. ask for help, the more I follow the people that are doing the thing that I want to do, the better my life gets in whatever area it is that I'm trying to get better. Right. That's awesome. There's that idea too of like, if you want to know what your, who your life, what your life is like, just check out who the the five people you spend the most time around. Right. That's absolutely. And, and, um, and and again, you're not, you weren't the first successful real estate agent to ever, you know, to, 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 you know, to do this and have success. Right. So you weren't the first, you weren't, I didn't have, right. I wasn't the one breaking any ground. I was the follower. I was the follower for sure. But I think that can be hard for entrepreneurs and and agents or salespeople who they kind of don't want to be told what to do. You know, maybe the type A person who you, you were working for yourself essentially for, for years. Yeah, that's right. That's really, you know, it is humbling and it's hard to do. So, um, but but that that is part of the working edge, by the way, right? That that idea, I don't want to work from, I mean, all these things are entirely in our head. Why didn't I want to make the phone calls? Because I was afraid how somebody was going to react to me. That's entirely Mm. in my head. You know, everything, everything that I'm afraid of is entirely in my head. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, yeah. So so I had success. success. Yep. Yep. Started having success. And, uh, and so I just started building on that just repeating those things, being bigger, getting more, getting more coaching, hiring a coach, um, and, and constantly pushing that envelope. And so I went from, you know, not being able to pay my mortgage in 2009 to 2012. I was top three in our 170 person office. I had paid off all of our taxes, all of our uh, debt. Um, I I only, by the way, I only missed one. I I didn't miss a payment, but I was 30 Mm. days late on mm-hmm. that one payment in September. Gotcha. So it didn't affect our credit. And in 2014, I was number one in our 170 person office. And That's it's awesome. basically from a real estate standpoint mm-hmm. and my, in that place, I've, I've been able to maintain that, that high level of productivity mm-hmm. and, um, and it would, and none of that would have happened had I not had the adversity mm-hmm. that I had sure. in September, 2009. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't have been as hungry and willing to reach out for help and, <clears throat> And to do um, something differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now <clears throat> what kind of coach did, was it a real estate agent coach or was it a, what, what kind of coach did you, did you? Yeah. So into? all my coaches were all real estate people. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, there's two ways to go. There are business coaches that probably right. would have been sufficient as well. Sure. You know, sure. there's so much overlap, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, most of us who are entrepreneurs, which I would put agents in that category. Yeah. yeah. Are probably good at that thing, right? Like I really yeah. know how to negotiate a deal and write a contract and help people look for houses and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But how do I go get clients? Right. So mm-hmm. if I'm an accountant, if I'm a, if I'm a computer guy, if I'm like whoever, if I, if I'm in the business of needing clients yeah, and I know how to do the thing that I'm good at, but if I don't know how to get clients, for example, then mm-hmm. I need to go help. I need to find somebody that can help me get clients. However, that sure. is. Absolutely. Totally. You can't be good at everything. And yeah, couldn't agree more. So if you're comfortable, what, you know, you went from not being able to pay your mortgage to, to what, as far as income, are you willing to share any of that? You want me to throw a number at you? 
Um, Only what oh, you're comfortable okay. with. Hey, gosh, I, this is my first, po- first podcast where anybody asked me that. So, um, so I would say, so a bad year for me is half a million in revenue. And I've had a couple years in the three quarters of a million dollar year. That's awesome. No, I mean, you're not bragging. I asked, I asked you for it. So, uh, yeah. that's, that's awesome. I mean, it, you know, because it is hard for, because, you know, we, we hear guests and it's like, yeah, I went through a hard time and I'm now I'm in abundance. Well, what does that mean? Right. And, and right. of course, yeah. and, and of course, I know that your abundance story is not just about how much money you make. Um, I know it's bigger than that, but, but that's a real number. And that's, you know, those are, those are big numbers. So that's kudos to you. That's awesome. Um, so, okay. So, so kind of what has the last maybe five years look like, um, for you? Okay. So actually, you know, it's funny. Five years is a perfect number to ask me about because what happened five years ago was I read a book called uh, the four agreements and I don't know if you've read that one or not, but no, it, no. And, and, it, and it and to be honest, it doesn't have to have been the four agreements. It was just that I was at that right time in my life where I was like, there's got to be something more here on a, an emotional, mental, you know, like I, to your point earlier, okay, here I am. I'm making a lot of money, uh, but I'm not really that happy. Something's missing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for the last five years, it's been all about personal development more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that personal development, it started with reading this book, Four Agreements. If, you, if you're if you listening or if you haven't, it is a mm-hmm. really great, super easy, principle-driven book. Uh, mm-hmm. That that But that got me started on that whole personal development place where you could make the argument that for the last, at that point, whatever, 28 years, I had been doing personal development through 12-step work and all that because I sure. continued to do that. But this was to kind of go beyond that and look at more some causes and conditions. And it's the way I react to life and the, the things that, you know, what triggers me and, and, uh, or different ways of looking at how other people behave or react or, you know, pain or learning about how your brain works, you know, the prefrontal cortex versus the, the amygdala and the fight or flight yeah. and the wise, mature self and all like, there's just so much great yeah. stuff. And I'm a seeker, like I'm a seeker of, I want to, um, I want to feel better. I want to react better to people. I want to be of more service to other people. The mm-hmm. more I'm in myself, I'm in my fear, my resentments or my selfishness, then I'm really not able to be helpful to anybody else. On the other hand, if I can relieve myself of those things, which sure. I tend to, that's where I tend to drift to without any, mm-hmm. without any spiritual connection, without any help. I just kind of live in selfishness and dishonesty and resentment and fear. Yeah. And that's a very small world to live in. Yeah. So so for sure. the last five years, it's been all about that. That's awesome. I mean, like you said, that when you were in the in the shed, you were isolated. You weren't a positive impact influence on probably you know too well, many nobody. people. Yeah, nobody. Exactly. And and so there was and, nobody going. Hey, I want to go hang out with Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, now the Rick Warner that you've turned into is it's just awesome. And I'm sure you have bad days. I'm sure you have hang ups. I'm sure you're not perfect. Yeah, of course. Um. So, but so practically speaking, and and we can't unpack all of it, but what are you doing today? You know, not necessarily this date, but today, this week, this month that you weren't doing say three, four years ago from a personal development standpoint. Yeah. Right. So I would say two things. One is I have a consistent model for a good day for me. And that includes, um, you know, things that have nothing to do with business. So meditation for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, how I'm, what am I putting into my body? And listen, I'm not like a health freak. I'm not constantly put, but I do pay attention to it. I cut out a sure. lot of the sugar that I was eating and things like that. Um, I exercise regularly. I was never, ever an exercise guy. Mm-hmm. So about four years ago, um, I started um, 
running, which is mm-hmm. its own funny story that I won't take too t- too much time on your podcast. But I was a hundred percent reluctant runner. The girl that I had just started dating invited mm-hmm. me for a run, and I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> but she was cute, so right. I went. And then it was terrible. And she goes, "How did you like it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it I was good. It. Yeah, I loved it." <laughs> and so she goes, "Good, we're doing a 5K." I'm like, "5K? What is that? Like a hundred miles?" And uh, so anyway, we did a 5K like four days later. And wow. that got me going um, uh, kind of like I, 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 cause I'm super competitive as you sure. probably yeah, figured yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the 5k turned into a 10k, the 10k turned into a half marathon. Then we went through the whole um, pandemic. So all the races got stopped, but my goal was to do a marathon. So when, mm-hmm. as soon as the pandemic was over, I ran the Chicago marathon, then I ran the New York marathon. And then just That's five awesome. days ago on Sunday, I ran the San Francisco marathon. Um, and each one of those has been, you know, uh, its own journey because of, you know, I'm so competitive. I wanted a certain time and blah, blah. But the the point is, is that within the context of that, I become this runner and other, uh, other fitness stuff, working out, um, Mm -hmm. group fitness and so forth. And with that has come this crazy emotional, um, like shield for, from anxiety and fear, I just, I live on a totally different level purely mm. because of the exercise. So I've gotten mm. this physical benefit from exercising. Yeah. Obviously lost 30 weight. My body looks pretty good, but better than that is the emotional yeah. part that I've got, mm. which I, you could have told me a thousand times. I mean, even, I bet you there's people listening to this podcast right now going, yeah, I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, son, yeah, gonna, yeah. Right. yeah. But well, we've had a uh, Matt Izzo on the show twice. He's a younger guy who's a lost 75 pounds he lost 75 pounds three times but the third time huh. and he's kept kept it off for six or seven years now and he's run he's done an iron man now oh and my gosh yeah, so you, you got something to to compete yeah. with no now. i know but, it's in there it's in there <laughs> but, but 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 he talks a lot about the emotional benefits to all this and, and how crazy. he's addressed yeah. so much done so much emotional work along with the physical yes. work um, that's right but the other thing i want to point out too is that you know, it's not like you set out because I think, I think for a lot of listeners, it can be overwhelming to hear, you know, Oh, the, I've, I've got to do emotional work and I've got to do the yeah. train for a marathon now. And, you know, but you said it came alongside that you didn't expect all the, the ancillary emotional benefits that came right. along with the physical benefits. So it kind of all falls into place. If you have that, that one that you start taking action toward that first goal, would you, would you say that's fair? I, I would say that's fair. Also, I would just put it under the one day to time category. So sure. whatever. So if you go back all the way to when I first got sober, obviously that was one day at a time. They're the one that coined the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. the one day, but the one day at a time thing just works for everything that you're trying to do, at least for me. I'm a guy mm-hmm. that easily gets overwhelmed, who mm-hmm. easily gets afraid or whatever, or wants to shut down and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me. Like, so if you're listening to this and you go, God, this guy's super disciplined. He's, that's not right. true. I've learned <laughs> how to be disciplined, but mm-hmm. this has happened over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. The Can I share about the daily navigator thing I was yeah, telling you? Yeah, let's do it. Already? Absolutely. So because I'm not disciplined and because I have all these great ideas and then I don't follow up <laughs> with any of them and because mm-hmm. I'm ADD and all the other things, I had to create, I didn't have to, I got to. I was lucky enough that while I was running one day, 
mm-hmm. after having years of like, man, if I meditated every day, that would be amazing. Gosh, if I called 10 people a day, that would be really cool. Man, if I did, you know, like I, right. had all I these, should do this one day. I should do, do that. that. Yeah, I was shooting all over myself, right? Right, right. And sure. so um, I created this list of those things that if I did them on a mostly regular basis, not necessarily every single day, but basically most days. Mm-hmm. And then if I checked the box off on the list that morning, and said, okay, these are the things. Now I'm looking at this today. Today is what is today? Thursday. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So 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 today's Thursday. It's the 20, whatever it is, the 27th. So Thursday yeah. the 27th on my list is this, you know, uh, here's all the, the things I'm gonna do. Am I choosing to meditate today? Yeah, I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna drink my greens. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna read a spiritual book. And uh, but I'm not going to journal today. So I don't check that box. And then here in my personal thing, I'm going to call 10 people. I'm going to meet three people face to face. I'm going to write some thank you cards and I'm blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I decide that every day in this daily navigator, I sign it like a contract every day. This is my must do list. And if mm-hmm. I'm not planning, if I don't know that I can get that done that day, then I don't check the box, right? If I have a day where I'm filled with meetings or I can't, whatever. Sure. Um, but because I'm looking at that with, this is going to happen. This isn't a hope list. This isn't a to-do list. Right. It's a must-do list. So I take a picture of it and I send it out to my accountability group. Mm, the accountability okay. group is made up of three kinds of people, a mentor, a coach, a manager, somebody that I'm, that's kind of above me that I'm- Sure, you're like aspiring towards. to be like, yep. Exactly. A peer, somebody that's on par with me, they're yep. doing similar things. You know, we're, we're doing this thing together kind of thing. And then yep. also a mentee, somebody I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a good example to, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm the leader for, that I'm showing them, hey, this is how I do it. So sure. I send it out, boom, take a picture. It goes on this group where we're all on it, you know, in a WhatsApp group. And then as I go through the day and I start getting distracted by my emotions or some unexpected <laughs> thing or, you know, or whatever, and I get off track, I go back to my list and I go, what is my next right thing to do here? What? Because this is what I decided this morning was important and really nothing's changed. These things right. still need to happen. Right. Get it done. Yeah. And then I check. The, check all the boxes. There's a little mini gratitude, three things I'm grateful for, which I really spend time on. What am I grateful for? What are the things I take for granted? Man, I could walk, right? Or I can yeah, smell stuff yeah. or, you know what I mean? Or that I have access to clean drinking water. Sometimes it's a person that helped me that day, whatever it is. And then yeah. a mini journal, you know, I struggled with this today or yeah. God, I had this epiphany or I had to relearn this today. And then sure. I take another picture of it and I send it back out of the accountability group and I'm done. And I do that every single day that I want to be held accountable. And now I've been doing that for about four years. And my efficiency of what I, can you imagine if you meditated every single day or basically every day, what that would do for your mindset? Or if you exercised, you know, five days a week, what would that would do for you emotionally? Well, that's actually what I, yeah, no, I just wanted to, because one of the things that, you know, one of the maybe um, criticisms that might pop up or maybe criticism is not the right word, but you know, reason I can't do that, right? Or is I don't have time to do everything that Rick's talking about. So, because right. it does sound like a lot if you're not doing it. I know. So, this is so funny. But, yeah. But I'd love to know how has it affected your your business, your income, your family life, your energy levels, which I think is critical. You know, wh- how has this discipline or this routine um, and this program, this um, program that you've you've built and worked through, how has it affected the rest of your life? Well, actually, first, let me address the question that you have, because that's everybody's question, right? Everybody's <laughs> thing is, that's ridiculous. Who would do that every day? That's, I don't have time. I don't even have time for what I'm doing now. You think I can do right. that, right? I mean, that's exactly. basically exactly. the conversation. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what, and so what, what I would that? say is that is exactly why you need to have this, right? Sure. Because whatever it is that you're doing right now, there's this thing we have in our coaching business. It's called an efficiency calendar. Anybody mm -hmm. can create one of these. I'm sure there's some online. Mm -hmm. And basically, have you ever done this? It's like, no. Okay, so it's a, basically it's a day printed out and it's broken down into 15 minute, 15 minute increments. Uh -huh. and what you do is you write down what you do every, as you're going, you go, mm -hmm. oh, I did this for the last 15 minutes. Sure. Anybody who does an efficiency calendar, almost anybody <laughs> realizes that they waste about four hours a day sure. doing nothing, right? Doing yeah. busy work, checking, you know, being distracted by stuff, not paying attention, reading emails, going on Facebook, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And so- but I would well, say it's is, just like it's just like anything. It's it's like if you if you're looking at your budget and nobody wants to budget and that's not fun. But yeah. you need to take an inventory of, of right. your income and your expenses if you actually want to see where you are. Same thing with your diet. If you if you actually that's want to right. know what you're that's eating, right. you actually have to do an inventory of what you are eating because you don't know yeah. you don't actually know unless you track yeah. it. So yeah. you're taking a snapshot of your time, which is our most valuable resource of how you're spending your time every day, and you're realizing there's so much fluff here and so much wasted time. Exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah. and then, and then what do you so do? The, all that? we're doing with this thing is we're making sure that if we're going to be out there being busy and doing things that we're targeting the things that we know are important to us. So that make sure those, at least those things get done sure. because there's this law, which is all work expands to the time allowed. Right? So if you, if you have, you know, X amount of things to do, in fact, you can prove the law. Every time you go on vacation, how crazy efficient are you? the day or two before you go on vacation, like you're just getting yeah. stuff done. You're taking names. You know what I mean? Like it's all done. It's the yeah. same exact thing that happens yeah. with this daily navigator every single day, but it is a one day at a time deal. Right. So mm -hmm. we're not saying do this forever. We're saying do it today, right? Make this sure. decision to be this efficient today. And when you get to yeah. tomorrow, you can decide what you're going to do with tomorrow. Absolutely. I think uh, Parkinson's law might be uh, something that the listener should Google, but um. So it sounds like, so, so then it sounds like you've had plenty of, you actually had plenty of free time. You didn't realize you had plenty of time to, to implement this. Exactly. Oh yeah. Things. Right. So and I didn't even answer it, your how's question. It, how's it, how's it, it impacted me? Yeah. Yeah. So let me give you an idea. So last year, this is what my, this is what, uh, what my like 2022, right. I woke up in Cartagena. I'd already been in Columbia for a week. Um, I was going to be there for another week. And then, uh, uh, two months later, I was in Italy with my girlfriend visiting my daughter in college. And then the next month, I was in Washington, D.C. in New York with my son, uh, taking him to, uh, you know, what would have been an eighth grade class he didn't get because of COVID. And then I was in Palm Springs, San Diego, um, back to New York for the uh, for the marathon. Um, I really don't work more than 40 hours a week. In fact, I usually work less than 40 hours a week. I rarely work nights. I rarely work weekends. I have a closeness with my family that's never been there before. Mm. Um, I have a lot of freedom around time and money that I just never had before. I feel really good physically. I've never been in such good shape. Mm. Um, I, awesome. I don't, yeah. I mean, does that answer your question? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm sure you have challenging days, but this, it sounds like you truly are living in, in abundance in, in many, many ways. And the the time that you found to prioritize those those the self development or things that you talked about have only impacted you in a positive positive way, and and, um, and you've said this a couple of times. I'm sure you have bad days. I want to be super clear to the listener. I have bad days all the time. I have bad moments. I have bad hours, and certainly I have bad days. I would say that most of the time, when that happens, that it is an emotional 
issue for me that is an opportunity for me to mm -hmm. learn or be different. It's rarely about them, although I my the very first thing my brain wants to do is blame everybody else or blame the circumstances, but rarely is that the case. Almost always it's some something about me that is I find unacceptable, you know, one of those working edges like I was talking about that if I go in there and really do the work like what is this what is driving me crazy not right now? Why am I reacting like this? Being curious with myself is going to allow for a much bigger life. The more I'm out there pointing at everybody else, the less chance I have of getting any real solution. Love it. It's fantastic. All right. I've got some rapid fire questions for you, Rick. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. What is one thing well, that people... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How many beers did you have last night? No, I'm kidding. I'm sure. um, what, pe what do people misunderstand about you? Oh, wow. Um... I don't, I think my intensity, I think throws people off. I don't know if that's misunderstanding, yeah. but I can be pretty intense. And I think some people like, apparently I might have risking bitch face. I'm not sure. Zoom has really helped me understand <laughs> that I probably, but I think that I'm so intense sometimes that people are like, I think he's mad at me and I'm not real. I'm not mad at anybody. Right. Why does he hate me? Um, yeah. If you could go back and give your 18 year old self some advice, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Okay. So it would be, dude, you are loved. Mm. That's you really know, good. You, you don't, you don't, you're already really enough. Good. You don't already enough. Yeah. Love that. It's awesome. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, they could still be alive today. Who would you choose? Oh man. Did I get these? Should I should have, I feel like I should have no. had a list. No, so <laughs> you I do like that on purpose? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I'll be um, honest. We can edit it, edit things out. We Martin Luther won't. King. Martin Luther King. Okay. Great answer. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Uh, I, I would. So I've thought about this actually before. I would love to take, if I could have some, if I had like a nest egg, I would love to create some kind of refurbishing, um, what's the word? Uh, it's not an endowment because that's like a straight mm -hmm. investment, but some kind of business that mm -hmm. it gives people an opportunity to learn and mm -hmm. grow uh, and, you know, create some kind of product or whatever that they can then help other people. So it's kind of regenerative. Mm -hmm. um, sure. So it creates opportunity for me. My big thing is I know what it feels like to be stuck and yeah. I want to create environments where people can, can go, Oh my gosh, maybe I don't have to be stuck. And I think there's a lot of people stuck kind of economically and so maybe it's work career, whatever. And, sure. uh, you know, something around that would be great. That's great. Really good. Um, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Rick's favorite casserole. Um, it's horrible. Yes. It is really bad <laughs> and you couldn't, it would be bad to do this, but it's spaghetti noodles, Denison's chili hot, Mexican corn with some Velveeta cheese over the top. <laughs> Please don't tell anybody <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I said that. That's funny. Um, what's one challenge that you're facing in your professional life right now? Um, so what's, I think it's still this fear of um, connecting with people, which okay. I, that must sound crazy to people, but it's important that I say that. I go to a networking event and I my initial, my I have to do so much emotional work before I go into a networking event to hi, say hi to people and introduce myself mm -hmm. and have conversations with people and make it about them and blah, blah. It's, mm -hmm. it's really shocking. 
It's really mm. shocking. So that's where I really struggle. Yeah, I can I can relate, especially after the pandemic. It was surprising to me how much anxiety I had just going to a networking event, you know, which I went I went to a networking event, but this is like three or four years ago. I paid yeah. to go there, like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh I literally went there. I was there for two hours. I talked to zero people and I left. Can you imagine? Wow. Gotcha. How that made me feel. Yeah. Um, what is one thing in your job or your field of expertise that most people don't agree with you about? You hold any um, uh, controversial controversial opinions? Right. Um, I I think that if if anybody chooses to not work with me, that that's my responsibility. And I think as an industry, agents feel like they have their clients. And if they choose not to work with them, that they think it's the client's fault, mm. you know, um, or sure. they, you know, they get mad at the client or whatever. And I, for me, I'm like, well, some way or another, I did not create no like and trust for them. And right. they, I mean, because people are going to do what they feel like is going to be best for them, generally speaking. And if sure. they didn't choose me, that means that I wasn't the person that they thought yeah. would be the best. Uh, there's a theme of just taking ownership through this whole episode. It's, it's yeah, great. that's right. Um, how about a uh, a book or two? You've already mentioned at least one book. You have any other books? <laughs> so you can yeah, recommend? so the Four Agreements is amazing. A Return to Love is great. There's a follow up book by the guy who wrote um, the Four Agreements. That's Don Miguel. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. is um, wrote a book called uh, <clears throat> The Mastery of Self. Uh, Michael Singer hmm. wrote Untethered. That's really really great. Um, Living Untethered is another one. Um, great yeah um what is one question that you wish i had asked that i haven't asked uh i don't know i think this is a really great podcast (laughs) i I, i'm not feeling like the one where that's the one where i'm fishing for compliments so that that worked perfectly um good Good. i think you did a great job there's nothing i feel like we didn't get to yet awesome where can our listeners reach out to you online rick so um Instagram is the Rick Warner. Um my web my my uh, website address for our coaching company is www.flowacademy.com. And um you can always just text me if you want 415-302-6348. I love getting text messages, but make sure since I don't know who you are, make it not sound like you're a robot because I won't reply. Absolutely. So, reference reference Jamie's show. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, share this episode with Rick and share it with 10 yeah, other of even your friends. Better. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and uh, in all seriousness, we we do appreciate, of course, we appreciate the likes and subscribes and all that. But sharing the episode is also super valuable. And to the listener, please check out our, our website, Adversity to Abundance, the number two, adversitytoabundance.com. And Rick, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We know you. We know your time is valuable and we appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. I had a great time. You're a great podcaster. This was fun. I can't wait to come back, even though you didn't invite me. (laughs) You're you're welcome back. Okay, great. And to the listener, we appreciate you spending your most valuable resource with us, and that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors, for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. 
Visit byfiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S.com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey, everyone. This is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, Again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show.